everyone. I'm Emily Crow, multimedia editor at Progressive Grocer. Welcome to Top Women in Grocery, a podcast focused on the trends, topics, and interests that move women forward in grocery retail. We're spotlighting extraordinary women in the grocery industry who have had successful careers and interesting lives, and who are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. Today, we're talking to Christine McNerney, Vice President of Merchandising for Health, Beauty, and Home Categories at Conscious Living-focused online retailer Thrive Market. With a mission to make healthy and sustainable living easy, affordable, and accessible, Christine has been charged with curating the platform's health, beauty, and home catalog since she began working for the company in 2014. During her tenure, she has launched several new categories for Thrive Market, including hemp extract, pet food, and cosmetics. We're here to talk with Christine about the non-food side of food retailing, the nuances of working in e-commerce, mentorship, and more. Christine, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Great. Well, to get started, I'm hoping you can tell us a bit about your career journey and how you landed in your current position with Thrive Market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So from a pretty young age, I actually knew that I wanted to be a buyer. Um, I remember like Googling fashion jobs in middle school. And at that time, I thought I wanted to spend my career in fashion. Um, And I remember learning about a buyer and kind of understanding that it kind of had like this personal shopping component, um, but then also really included like business and math and financial data. Um, And that got me excited in the grade of seventh grade. (laughs) Um, But so... uh, because I knew I wanted to do that when it came time to look for colleges, I really focused on schools that had a fashion merchandising program. Um, So I wound up going to Johnson & Wales University and got a business degree in fashion merchandising and marketing. Um, And that school was very focused on career placement at the end of your school tenure. Um, So when I graduated, I actually did have an internship with a fast fashion accessories online company um, so started my my career in a startup environment in the online environment. Um, ultimately, got hired as an assistant buyer there. So I was supporting the senior buyers and kind of their day to day stuff. Um, then that led to a promotion to associate buyer, and I was managing footwear, beauty, and jewelry. Um, after about like a year and a half, two years, the company actually wound up merging, pivoting merchandising strategy. Um, so at that point, I was looking for a new opportunity. Um, and Sasha, our co-founder and chief tech officer at Thrive Market, I actually worked with him at that fashion um, okay. company. So at that point, he had moved on to Thrive Market. It was very early phases. It was 2014. Mm-hmm. I think the beta had just launched. Wow. Um, yeah, but he, uh, they were looking for more merchandisers. So he referred me to interview with Nick, who is our CEO and co-founder. Um, obviously worked out from both of our side because they hired me on as the buyer at the time. Um, And then over my career at Thrive Market, was just able to move up and get promoted to various leadership levels, um, really helped build the merchandising team into what it is today and the infrastructure and processes. Um, So nine years later, here I am as the VP of merchandising for home health and beauty at Thrive Market. Great. Well, we already talked a bit about why you were interested in working in merchandising. I love that story. Um, But what drew you to Thrive Market? What was interesting about working, I mean, again, in the e-commerce field, but, you know, with that type of industry? Yeah, Um, I think, well, I definitely loved the startup environment. It's very challenging, but there's something always to do 
And I think what really drew me in was no matter what you do, you're going to have a very real impact on the business and the decisions that you're making. Um, but I would say at a higher level, when I went in to speak with Nick and interview with Nick, um, it was really evident how much the mission of making healthy living affordable, accessible was to the core of the business and truly influenced like everything they were doing at that time and still carries through today. Um, and coming from the world of fashion at that point, that was so not the norm, um, but definitely aligned more with my personal values. Okay. Um, so that was a huge draw. And then I was also shopping like natural personal care, like brands like Jason and Desert Essence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could kind of justify the cost of those products because they last for so long. At that yeah. point, I was not buying non-GMO or organic food because the price was a huge barrier for me. Sure. Um, so I kind of knew too at that point, I was like, well, if I feel this way, there's got to be other people that feel that way too. So from a market opportunity, it feels very, very smart, but also like not only not being able to afford it, like there's definitely people that can't even access these products. Yeah. And so from that standpoint and coming in so early, again, like that direct impact and being able to curate what those products are and price them at a price point that felt attainable was really exciting for me, especially so early in my career. Well, we're used to talking a little more about food here at Progressive Grocery. So I'm curious what you can tell us about how your non-food role differs from those of your colleagues on the consumables side. What's different? What's the same? Yeah. Give us a little insight. Yeah, the core the core responsibilities are the same. We're both tasked with finding the best brands and products that meet our ingredient standards, mm-hmm. um, really curating that assortment to that, and then knowing that it'll be products that members want and love. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely key differences, though. So I would say on the home health and beauty side, a really big piece is being able to educate quickly and effectively, especially mm-hmm. in an online world. Um, So being able to educate on a specific supplement um, is very different than being able to educate or inform on a bag of chips, for example. There's there's a lot more that goes into that purchasing decision. Um, So we really need to make sure on the home health and beauty side that we get the content right on the product detail pages. The imagery has to be spot on. We have to have really quick hit assets so that if people don't have a lot of time, they at least know up front what the product is and why they'll love it and why it will fit into their lives. Um, And then I would say in the other piece in relation to curation, um, both sides of the business have very rigorous ingredient standards. Um, That's just fundamental to Thrive Market. Um, But I would say on the home health and beauty side, the bigger difference is that there's no real definition of quote unquote clean. Um, Everybody defines it differently. There's really no regulatory body. Um, so it takes a lot of research and reading and time and resources on our side of the business to review all those and also stay up to date because it's a living, breathing thing. It changes all the time. There's new opinions, there's new science. Right. Um, so it's definitely, I would say one of the bigger areas that we spend our time on versus, you know, food, there's a lot of regulatory, regulatory bodies that are helping inform a lot of that too. Right. Makes sense. Well, along those lines, and we sort of touched on it a little bit, but what do you find unique about your position in terms of being focused on e-commerce as opposed to brick and mortar? Um, we talked a little bit about you know some of the some of the nuances you have to deal with. Are there any challenges you face or anything that makes it easier for you? Yeah, I mean, from a challenge perspective, again, the education piece, mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult to replicate that in person piece of the store where there's somebody, there's a category expert on the floor, more than likely who can help the customer find what they need. 
Um, so outside of the product detail pages that we know we have to get right, um, we have an amazing member services team and our brand partners actually come and train them on the products, on the brand story, any sourcing questions, because um, we certainly do get a lot of questions from our members and that helps be able to help them find the product that they need. Um, I would say the other piece is pricing. So core sure. to our mission of making, making healthy living affordable and accessible for all. And it can be the wild west with pricing when it comes to the home health and beauty category. Sure. <laughs> um, and so for us, it's really making sure that we're putting our best foot forward there and making it as affordable as possible. But if you just think about it, if someone's in a store, um, the product's in front of them, they're probably going to grab it. They're already there. They need the product. They know they're going to put it in the car. It's right there. They don't have a ton of time. Yeah, they don't have a ton of time to like sit there yeah. in the aisle and like scroll. Um, if you're shopping online, it's the opposite. You probably have more time, a lot more information at your disposal to look at at one time. Um, so it's been, uh, it's definitely been a challenge, but one we've been able to work with our brand partners on, on making sure that we can hit our mission, protect the brands, but then also really fulfill what we're trying to do, um, and make people want to shop with Thrive Market for that reason. Great. And those people that do shop with you, how do you get to know them? How do you know your consumers and your key demographic in order to ensure that they're getting the right mix of products and things that you know they'll love? Yeah, this one's really important for us. So we work really closely with member services again. I mean, they are on the front lines with our members every single day, having conversations with them, listening to them, getting questions, getting feedback. So we take a lot of that feedback in regards to our catalog or our pricing from them. We also get any sort of brand or product requests that go through member services directly from them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a wonderful user experience team. So when they're doing focus groups um, or interview panels around our site experience, if there's any feedback on the catalog and pricing, again, we get that from them. Um, and then we use data. So we have, uh, we have reports around search data so we can see what members are searching mm-hmm. for the most. So we know if there's key trends happening or key demands happening within our assortment. Um, but probably most importantly, any searches for things that we don't carry. So it really helps us okay. identify that assortment gap and what they need and what they're looking for. So that helps inform our assortment planning and our category management strategies as well. Great. Well, you mentioned the data and the trends. I'm curious what products your consumers are most interested in currently. It's like you said, a really dynamic bunch of products. Mm-hmm. What what trends are you seeing in the space? Yeah, on the home health and beauty side, we've seen a massive boom in babies and kids, um, okay. specifically around food and snacks. Um, we're definitely seeing parents are interested in nutrient dense options for their kids. So brands like Serenity Kids with really protein fat, uh, forward puree pouches, um, Cerebelli, who has like the brain supporting nutrients in pouches and bars. Um, those are two brands that are doing really well for us. Um, and then in other areas of our business, I would say anything to help people fall asleep, stay asleep or manage their stress every single day. Sure. And I can relate to this. Um, yeah. So it could be herbal formulas, uh, ashwagandha, magnesium. We're even seeing it carry over into bath and body products. So okay. essential oil blends for sleeping or, or stress mm-hmm. reduction or, um, you know, body moisturizers that are focused around sleep. So having that lavender mm-hmm. component to like help get you there. Yeah. Um, so it's been 
very interesting to see a lot of those trends stay through over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think we're mm-hmm. seeing that coming out of um, COVID times. I think yeah. a lot of people, it definitely shifted kind of how they manage that stress part of their life. And so um, it's been interesting. I would say TikTok has a major influence as well. Yes. Like yes. the ashwagandha boom <laughs> on TikTok and seeing that impact sales has been so fascinating for me, especially yeah. being a Thrive for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen a social media platform impact sales so much as TikTok does. So that's like a really big area where we keep an eye on too, just to see what's trending there. That's great to hear. I know it's something that we keep an eye on all the time. You never know what's going to come up, but when it does, yeah. it's going to be huge. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the new one is berberine. We've been seeing yes. berberine everywhere. Okay. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, shifting gears, um, can you tell us a bit about the mentors you've had along the way in your career? Who's you know been there for you, helped you out professionally, personally? Yeah. Um, I love this question because it's so near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been really, really lucky to have had incredible women as my bosses throughout my career Mm -hmm. so far. Um, And women who really valued not just the management piece, but mentorship really at the end of the day. Um, One of my most previous bosses that I had um, probably had the most influence on shaping me as a merchandiser, but then also as a leader as well. Um, So she had um, a lot of experience in the home health and beauty space online since the mid 2000s. Um, So really has helped shape my category management skill set in terms of, you know, competitive pricing, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. margin planning, assortment planning, promotions, kind of all the really important things when we talk to our brands. Um, And I would say really helped develop me more so as a leader and really helped me up level in my career by pushing me to think bigger and think more strategically and kind of get out of my comfort bubble of the day-to-day stuff and the day-to-day details that I knew I could do. do. Um, (laughs) And she definitely pushed me. She pushed me in areas that at the end of the day, she was right and like helped me in my career development, but was (laughs) uncomfortable at the time. Yeah. Yeah. but then also from a, a leadership perspective, um, you know, she she really always held a strong point of view for the business and for her team. Um, she had the respect of the team, but really was able to do that and lead in a very human forward, empathetic manner. And that's something that really I try to emulate myself after pretty greatly in my leadership style. Um, so she taught me, you know, always be your authentic self everybody's going to be different as a leader. Everybody's different personalities. So if you're trying to pretend to be someone else, that's going to distract you from being an effective leader. Um, And that really, really helped me because as a new leader at the time, I was feeling a little bit self-conscious and a little bit of imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome on like, should I really be in this position? How do I do it? Like, um, And I would say too, she, like I said earlier, just the human aspect of it, she really um, was an effective leader because she built trust. She was very honest. She had compassion. She had empathy. So you could go to her with any question, judgment-free advice, just have conversations with, guide you through business issues or just personal issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been very, very grateful to have her to model myself after. Um, and her and I still talk, I text her, I call her all the time oh, I love that. through certain things or yeah. good advice. Um, so she was just absolutely instrumental 
um, in my growth. And I am just forever grateful to have had her as a leader during that time. That's great to hear. Awesome. Well, you know, in your leadership role now, I'm curious, how do you look for specific opportunities to mentor other women and help raise them up within this industry? Yeah, this is something, again, because I've been so fortunate to have, Mm -hmm. I want to figure out how to do in any aspect. Um, At Thrive Market, we actually have an employee resource group called WELL, which stands for Women Excelling in Leadership and Learning. Um, So I am a part of that. I helped get it off the ground as well a few years ago. Um, So we have different events like book clubs, uh, we have guest speakers, we do happy hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So really just trying to be a part of that community. And it's, it's great. Like the conversations we have, the advice we seek, just the kind of like venting even sometimes we need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's a really important space to have to relate to one another and like use each other's experience to help. Um, And I try to make myself available for that kind of interaction anywhere across Thrive Market. Um, again, like having the the bosses and leaders that I've had in my career, I also try to make sure that my management style includes mentorship. It's not just me managing people. It's really building a relationship and growing people in their career as well. Um, but I'm always looking for new opportunities because it is something mm-hmm. so near and dear to my heart. So um, the door is always open. So if anything ever sure. comes up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, Christine, thank you so much for your insights and for being here with us today. Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. For more information about the Top Women in Grocery podcast, please visit www.progressivegrocer.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Finally, do you have an idea for a Twig podcast topic? We'd love to hear from you. Email me at ecrow at ensembleiq.com. See you next time. And thanks for listening.